Traveling the Vortex. We've joined Captain Jack Harkness as he defends the Earth in episode 374. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. Tonight, the part of Glenn will be played by nobody. That's right. Glenn is on holiday down to sunny Florida. On the East Coast. (laughs) Well, did that get cut last week? I didn't listen. I don't know. (laughs) It's staying in this week. (laughs) Uh, So Sean says the inmates are running the asylum. There was a whole geography lesson last week. I imagine it got cut. It probably did. How was your week? Uh, not too bad. That's good. I had, uh, had a, a very full week. A lot of front-loaded hours at the beginning at work oh. um, that kept me there long. But then I got to leave a little early on Friday to make something it going on? Uh, no, I'm just busy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I figured it would be the reverse for uh, St. Patrick's Day. No. Uh, for, for us, it was the... Uh, tournament all the news guys the sports uh, guys were all gearing up and stealing equipment and running to wichita and it's my second ncaa not working in news and it's great well, how is it <laughs> it's fantastic i barely even know what's going on have you paid any attention to it all nope okay so i'm gonna geek out for just a moment all right go I'm, for I'm, it i'm gonna talk about the sports ball for the first time ever a 16 seed upset a number one hey that's really good and not just any number one they were the number one overall they were mm-hmm. like 31 and three wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't just a oh we squeaked by with a two-point basket at the, no they beat them by 20 points Oof. that team lost today to k-state oh i think i remember seeing some things on facebook about brackets being busted oh yeah <laughs> Oh, that yeah. must be what that's about. <laughs> they, they track the uh, the perfect brackets every year to kind of see how far it goes. And this was, not a single bracket existed past the first round. <laughs> wow. There's not a perfect one out there. And I, I always joke, because I, I fill them out for fun, and I always joke every year that there's nothing quite like doing a little bit of research and putting together what you feel is a very, I'm confident in my choices, and hitting submit and going, that's busted. Because that's about how long it takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so congrats to everybody who's still in the tournament. KU, K-State are in the Sweet oh, 16. So nice. That's cool. For any of you guys out there that listen and support your teams if they're local and doing well, I, I, I hope, uh, I wish you luck. Unless they're playing KU or K-State. <laughs> or Wichita. Is Wichita made it in? Wichita, they, 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 uh, they, they got, got dumped. They, uh, that's too bad. One, one of the many upsets that mm-hmm. happened this round. Mm-hmm. We actually got a lot of movies in this week. What'd you watch? Uh, first up, we watched Justice League. What'd you think? It was okay. <laughs> Not the review I want to give a Justice League movie, but, you know, it had a lot of promise, and it, it's it's a step in the right direction for the DC movies, I think. Uh, Wonder Woman was obviously a large step, and this is a baby step there, but it's it's the start of the course correction, and you can really tell by the, the film, but... It was rather enjoyable. I did not dislike it as much as I thought I would. <laughs> there's and, a lot of stuff that works. Yeah. It's a, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't. Yeah. There's a lot of it that feels very rushed. But it, I heard reviews that it felt like, especially in the beginning, like three movies smashed together. And I didn't necessarily feel that. Yeah. I, I, like the, the origin stories felt like, yeah, they felt rushed, but it didn't feel like three very disjointed movies trying to work together as one. It all felt cohesive. 
It was cohesive enough for me. Yeah, me too. I, I think my, my biggest complaint was I really wanted to be wowed because it's Justice League. Yeah. You know, we reached I, that level. I want that Avengers feeling while watching it, and I just didn't have it. Yeah. Some of the humor felt forced. Some of the humor felt forced because they shoved it down our throats in all the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, there's that aspect of it because there's not much humor in there that isn't in the trailers. They really showcased it when they probably should have dialed it back a little bit in the trailer to give more than what's in the movie. Well, and so much of the humor in the trailer really centered on the Flash that I think yeah. people were kind of leery of his character. And I, I enjoyed him a lot. I enjoyed like, the effects of him. I, he's yeah. just, Grant Gustin is such a perfect Barry Allen that it, this this new guy is just not quite nailing it for me. Well, and the effects were cool, but they were also busy. Mm-hmm. It was just every time he would launch into super speed and the lightning would start crackling. It was like, it was just a little too much. There were some really neat scenes with him do, doing his super speed, though. Yeah. I really like the mid-credits scene. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. The other movies we watched were The Shape of Water, which was fantastic. I don't know if I loved it as much as I hoped I would. I think I had my hopes set up really high, but I really, really liked it. It's a quiet movie. It is a very quiet which movie. It was kind of surprising. The atmosphere is phenomenal. The, the cinematography is phenomenal. The art direction is so good in it. And this, the subtle touches they do with color is just phenomenal. And then, of course, all the performances are just top-notch. It, it definitely deserved Best Picture. I feel- Having only seen one other movie <laughs> nominated for Best Picture, I don't feel like I can fully, you know... I feel bad in a way for Michael Shannon. Because he is always so the worst. good at being so creepy. He is always such an unlikable person yeah. in every single movie he's ever been in. I don't want to take anything away from Frances McDormand and her Oscar win for Three Billboards because Mel and I walked out of the theater going, nailed it. She's got that in the bag. But then we I didn't realize this. that was directed by the guy who did Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. That makes me a bit more interested to see it. Oh, what's her name in uh, um, City? Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. How can you play the entire movie mute and not win? And the amount of emotion and everything she was able to portray in the entire... Oh, yeah. It was so good. There were a couple things I thought were going to happen that didn't quite go the direction I thought it would. So that was kind of a nice nice little surprise. So my mom saw it and said that she she had trouble watching it at some points. Really? I didn't. I don't know what... I'm going to have to ask her in more detail what, what she struggled with. About it, it. Maybe disturbed her that... Maybe, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the movie that would disturb her, but Sarah really liked it. I wasn't sure if it would be her kind of movie, but she she really enjoyed it. It's just a beautiful movie. It really is. And then we also watched The Big Sick. That's on my list. It's on Um, Amazon. That's how we watched it. (laughs) I told Mel, it was like, we're going to take advantage of this since we're paying for it. (laughs) Yeah. We were interested because of the Oscars and his acceptance speech. Sarah really thought he was hilarious and it's a very charming film it's not rip-roaringly funny but it's really good it's a nice solid comedy it's got one absolute standout joke in it and then the rest is just kind of chuckle and kind of awkward humor but it's uh it's a really good story too i really enjoyed it i would highly recommend it what'd you do glenn oh did you watch any movies did you do anything? Well, you you said you worked in the front half. What did yeah, you do in the second in the half? half? My birthday was Thursday, so I turned old. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Of all of the birthdays, 
and there have been a few. <laughs> this was the first one that I woke up feeling my age. Mm-hmm. Like I've had psychological with a couple of the milestones, and it's like because normally it's not a big deal. Uh, but there were a couple that were a little tougher than others. Thursday, I woke up and just everything hurt. My back hurt. My neck hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized I'm 45. Uh, just, <laughs> I felt every mile. <laughs> mm. There are days I wake up and I feel 45. Yeah, see, normally I, I just, maybe it's my, my youthful exuberance for life. I normally don't. <laughs> my childlike qualities come out all the time. I did get out to see Itania. It wasn't bad. It wasn't worth all the hype that everybody made about, you know. I lived through that. So it was, <laughs> It's a little different when they make a movie about something you, you remember you're, watching. Yeah, exactly. But it was an interesting take on the stuff. And Alice and Janie's Oscar for Supporting Actress was very well-deserved. Everything is. else I thought was a little overrated. She's great in everything. And then I saw Hostiles, the new, well, new-ish uh, Christian Bale Western. Hmm. And it's, if you like Westerns, specifically new Westerns, you'll probably enjoy it. It's very bleak and very, I don't say soulless, but there are times <laughs> when it's just... <laughs> wow. You, you kind of feel like you're just being rung through the ringer in, in, in parts. Sometimes you want to watch Requiem for a yeah, Dream. I exactly. Mean. <laughs> so what'd you do for your birthday? Did you have to work? Or yeah, I worked during day? the day and then went to a movie and then uh, Mel had a party, so I had shy. Huh. It was kind of just a quiet, low-key thing. And Mike and Ann came in and we played games. We played some Unstable Unicorns. We played, uh, oh, nice. played some trains. I got the Ticket to Ride expansion for America, so I finally have a set of full-size cards instead of the little itty-bitty ones. <laughs> Yay! Well, happy belated birthday. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Your gift is coming. I'm not concerned. <laughs> not I figured I didn't have a big rush because, you know, Glenn wasn't here either. So Yeah. Was, <laughs> he's he's going to bring me back some, some Disney. <laughs> Even though he's not going to Disney. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to go to Disney just for that. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says, you are here, and it's not going to point to the <laughs> East Coast. <laughs> it's going to be where Florida really is when where he was. It's, 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 well, it's going to show. It's where he thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to relocate it. And... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to bet that if we went over to if Glenn had the magnets you know the state magnets his Florida is a lot closer to Texas than he thinks it is I'm willing to bet that he's got it way over here covering up a couple of other states it may be <laughs> anything in the news? Uh, we've got a couple of news items they've announced the first couple of books to feature the 13th Doctor Already? Already. The first one is a children's book called One Doctor, Two Hearts. It's written and illustrated by Adam Howling. It's in the same vein as the T is for TARDIS book. Oh, okay. So teaching the alphabet, and this one's teaching kids to count. So it looks it looks really cute. You can pre-order it now. And then there is also the first details of the first novel. Do they have images? They don't have image of, of the novel? Of either. They do have images. They have the cover of the... Is, is it the new logo? Yes, it is. Okay. I was just curious. Wondering if that was going to be a thing. Oh, uh, Especially with the... It makes sense for the 13th Doctor, yeah. so that doesn't re- that's not really indicative. But... No. But the first full-fledged novel is called The Secret of Vault 13 by David Solomons, a best-selling children's author. Oh, okay. So the novel clocks in at 250 pages... And has a 7-plus age rating. So that kind of hints that they're aiming it towards younger kids. So this is part of the... Official BBC, BBC Doctor Who novel line. Yes. 
but it's written by a children's author, but not necessarily a children's book. I think he's a children's author, but it's... This is just part of the regular BBC. Their their children's books are not picture books. They're like... They're young adult. Young adult novels. Yeah. yeah. So like Madeline Engel and that, that vein of stuff. Okay, so... It's just skewing... They're just skewing their novels younger. So they are skewing younger. It seems to be. Okay. Because <clears throat> they recommend it for seven plus. I'm not sure what the other age rating were for novels. I know, you have to novels. look and see if there's even one. I don't think there are. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I remember seeing a rating. Of course, on... they might not have them for the U.S. releases. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Did that could be a, a publishing thing. Yeah. I just wonder if this is a separate young adult line that's in between the T.S. Retardus and the <laughs> quote-unquote regular line. You know what yeah. I mean? But they haven't announced anything for a regular line yet. So as of right now, this is the only line. I wonder if it'll be done in the same format. What do you mean? Kind of the oversized paperback. I'm, I'm betting it will be. Uh, 250 pages, yeah. About that size. It'll be out in November. It'll feature uh, Jody Whittaker's version of The Doctor and I believe the supporting cast surrounding her. The yet to... Debut companions, if they are companions. We Those are the rough ones, because on the surface, when you look at it, you go, oh, November, because the show will come back, you know, Easter Saturday in October. Right. And it's published a month later. But that means it's written. being written or close to being done now mm-hmm. in order for to go through the editing and all that kind of stuff. So the writer's in a very unenviable position that he's basically been given the... Here's the character trait sheet from Chris Chibnall saying, this is what the doctor's going to be like. Go do that. At least, I hope they at least have gotten them dailies because they have been filming. It's not like they haven't even started filming yet. So they're at least halfway through the season of filming wise. So hopefully he at least got to see something of dailies of what she's going to do with the character. I don't know. Here's what I'd like to see. (laughs) Chapter one, page one. The doctor took off the fanny pack. <laughs> Changed outfits completely. <laughs> Anything but this. What was I thinking, she said. <laughs> but then she they'd have to undo it and go back by the end of the book. Oh, so that's it for the books. Other news, Big Finish has announced that they are going to release a box set called The Adventures of Lady Christina. Ooh. So it is Michelle Ryan back as Lady Christina D'Souza in a series of four stories. And Lady Christina is a great character. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's very entertaining, I think. So It'd be very interesting to see how they're going to take her character on her own, especially considering they've already got kind of a similar-esque with Adventures of, or Diary of River Song. This would even be even less moral center, I would think. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It should be interesting. Four New Adventures coming September 2018. Uh, so the box set it will include the return of Villainous Slavine eh. and Sylvia Noble. Eh. It will also I feature... I know she didn't say Villainous Sylvia Noble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Depending, depending on where she is in her evolution of yeah. character. <laughs> uh, co-starring alongside her will be Warren Brown as Unit's Sam Bishop. So that's a character that they created for their unit box sets and the storylines. Sam Bishop. Mm-hmm. Andy hasn't connected those dots yet. Okay. <laughs> I asked him about it. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he hasn't officially connected those dots. Now that he's writing for Big Finish sometimes, maybe he will connect those dots. As the peanut gallery once said. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jacqueline King is returning as Sylvia. I mean, it would kind of make sense that he was named after Samson. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just throwing that out he's there. A, he's a great character, too. I really enjoyed his, his stuff on Unit. I can't wait to get to those. Oh, they're so good. I shouldn't say that. I'm in charge of scheduling. I can get to them whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> they're all, uh, Big Finish is offering a bundle with Jenny, the Doctor's Daughter, audio box set. So you can get both Lady Christina and Jenny. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, of course, the 10th Doctor Chronicles comes out... Uh, Later, and you can pre-order that also. Her first appearance. Fantastical. Yes. And that's it for news. No more news. At least that we saw. Well, as mentioned last week, I didn't sing. (laughs) As requested the previous week. And I have no excuse. I was just lazy and didn't get to it. But my laziness is to your benefit. Because I, I did, I put something together. And now it's time for feedback, so that means it's time for the feedback song. But you're going to get an all-new feedback song. Ooh. I've built this up way too much now. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. Go in. Roll it, Keith. Very long intro. <laughs> Your celebration. Celebrate feedback. Come on. Let's celebrate. Celebrate feedback. Come on. Let's celebrate. There's a podcast going on right here about Doctor Who throughout all the years. So bring your questions and your laughter too. We're going to celebrate your feedback with you. Come on now. <laughs> Celebration. Let's all celebrate and read some feedback. Celebration. We're going to celebrate and read some feedback. It's time to come together. It's up to you. So write your letters, everyone <laughs> around the world. Feedback. Do, 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 do. Oh, nice fade. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, Sean. Very, very I nice. Do. I think that was worth the wait. That was worth the wait. I hope it was worth the wait. So, I think it was. Ben, that one goes out to you. Glenn challenged everybody that I would sing if somebody wrote feedback, and Ben wrote feedback, and I I, I failed him. So <laughs> I hope that made up for it. All right. We do have actual feedback, though. Uh, Glenn actually writes in, which this is a bit of a cheat. <laughs> Warm up those pipes 2.0. Dear Vortex Duo, this week anyway. I don't know. I kind of like this dynamic. Like I'm not getting vortex duo. The vortex duo, like that has a. It flows off the tongue. It does. I mean, all the great groups. I mean, been duos with Batman and Robin. 
I don't think I like that comparison. Well, you're Batman. Oh, okay. <laughs> we just talked about my youthful exuberance. I mean, come on. That's true. <laughs> I don't know that we need him. Other than the technical stuff. <laughs> we were on the first leg of our trip when it occurred to me that there were, could be a chance that we wouldn't get any feedback this week from our fine listeners. And since Sean promised that he would have a feedback song ready, I didn't want to let him off the hook this week. So, here is some feedback on the two stories we are reviewing in this episode. Torchwood, Volume 1, World Without End. I am in love with these Torchwood comics. The new team introduced in these issues is fascinating. I especially like the AI character with personality who thinks she's the boss. The story doesn't really go anywhere very fast, but the characters are so enjoyable and there's enough of a story to keep you intrigued. The way it's written is quite enjoyable, too. The series is in good hands with sibling team Carol and John Barrowman. You can tell that these two really know Torchwood and love the stories. One of the best parts is the quote-unquote location and character descriptors in the panels with scene changes. I'm looking forward to more books. Torchwood the Conspiracy This was quite good as well. The solo act nature works for this story, which seems to be the setup and first story in what will be a continuing arc for the next set of audios. I really liked the twist when we found out that Wilson is using his fame as a ruse, and then the even bigger twist when it's revealed that his daughter Kate is part of the real committee and has been feeding her dad the information he thinks is fake. The performances were terrific, and if this were the way they took Torchwood from here on out, I would be fine with that. I am, though, encouraged that there will be some group offerings coming later. Well, I'll close for now. I know the show is in good hands. Keith, keep an eye on Sean. What does that mean? <laughs> to keep an eye on you. I am Batman after all. <laughs> oh, okay. Cheers. Glenn. Sent from my iPhone. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. And don't forget, you can send us feedback, too, by going to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and fill out the Send Us Feedback tab, or send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com. Traveling spelled with one L. For those of you that spell it differently. Yes. And Glenn, we hope you're uh, safe and enjoying your trip yeah, to the I, wilds of the East Coast. I hope the East Coast weather suits you well. <laughs> well, shall we get into our thoughts yes. on these two stories? So we are doing Torchwood. I got two synopsis for World Without End. The graphic novel or the first issue? The first issue shorter. We're going to spoil it anyway, but let's go with the first issue. Okay. Captain Jack Harkness is back in Cardiff, and there's only one person he can turn to. The last person who expected to see him, Gwen Cooper. On the road, on the run, and under fire, can the pair put aside their differences and rebuild the heart of Torchwood before its flame is stamped out forever? Mm, I don't know if I like that review. or that, uh... It's a good synopsis, but not a good synopsis for the story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's the the graphic novel give us, version. Give us the other one. Let's do both. Prepare for Torchwood as you've never seen it before. From the mind of pen of Captain Jack Harkness himself, John Barrowman, with Carol Barrowman, comes an adventure that will challenge the immortal former time agent like nothing else. Join Jack and Gwen as they board the alien tech-enhanced superboat Ice Maiden, last seen in the epic tor Torchwood novel The Exodus Code. In search of an alien intelligence deep under the waves, an ancient being with ties to Jack's past and his future. With the world at stake and Torchwood under fire from enemies old and new, it'll take every reserve of Jack and Gwen's ability and skill to keep humanity safe and discover the truth. Wow. 
That's a great synopsis. <laughs> like just reading that synopsis, I would go bum bum ba. But unfortunately, I've read the story. For me, the story has two big failings. It's a follow-up to Exodus Code, which I have not read, which is not a comic's fault. That's my no. fault for ha having read Exodus Code. However, they should assume we haven't read Exodus Code and at least give us a little bit more about these new characters and background before <laughs> it fully starts going. Or at least as the story progresses, as a reminder, in case it's been however many years since you read Exodus Code, some nice reminders of who these characters are would be good. I very much felt like we were dropped in the middle of the proceedings, and I was upset with myself for scheduling this, because it felt like, wow, there, there's something that came before, and it turns out there was something that came before, and you just reminded me that we did this on your recommendation, so now I'm mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Titan would pick up. It. I mean, it makes it, it makes sense because it's the story that John and Carol are continuing that they started in their novel. So I'm, I mean, I can't fault them for that because that I is, think they hope to have more than one novel and they didn't yeah, get it. That that is our own fault. We oh we, yeah we didn't do enough research. I, to, I slightly to lay the blame at Titan for not also letting it be accessible as accessible to someone who hadn't read the book. No, I totally agree. There's a fine line between going overboard with your explanation or getting it right. And one of the examples I've always uh, given of getting it right is uh, the X Files movie. In Fight the Future, Mulder and Scully are on the rooftop right at the beginning. What are we doing here? And Scully launches into a three-sentence synopsis <laughs> of what happened at the end of season five. Because then the movie came out that summer. So if you hadn't been watching the show, this is the info dump. This is where we're going to fill you on and everything you missed out. And for fans who had been watching, you're kind of stealing yourself going, Ah, here it comes. And it's three sentences long. And then they get on with it. And it was like, oh, that was, that was quite refreshing. Because it was just enough information that the layperson could come in and still enjoy it. But those of us that had been around weren't bored while you were catching those people up. We didn't get that moment at all. No. And Titan should have. They should have given us something. Now, in Titan's defense... There's a lot crammed into this. This seems like it's a story that should be going on for an ongoing season or a series, not a four-issue launch. Yeah. And then I, I, I suppose one could argue it isn't ongoing because there's four more in the next set and then four more after that. However, when it's billed as volume one, it's I, I did kind of expect it to fairly be contained. I guess that's my own fault for having that expectation. But it ended in such a way that, yes, it did make me want to go read, but I also wanted more resolution to what was happening as opposed to no resolution at all or no explanation of what had actually happened. I, I don't know why I expected differently, but I did. I totally expected this to be a four-issue miniseries. Yeah. And instead, we watched four episodes of the new Torchwood season and then stopped. <laughs> and so now I'm a little angry because I feel like, oh, I did not plan my day accordingly. I should have been mainlining this. And instead, now I have to wait for my next day off, which in our parlance, who knows when we'll get back to Well, <laughs> since Glenn enjoyed it so much, the comics might not take so long to get well, back that's to true. it. And, it's, and since he liked the audio, too, so... And once again, Glenn and I managed to come down completely polar <laughs> opposite on things. And I don't want to dog too much on it for not meeting my expectations, which I kind of feel like is what's coming across. Yes, I expected something different, and no, that's not what was delivered. 
yes, they should have handled it differently since it was a continuation of a story. And no, they didn't. But even for all that, there are some very lofty... This is a big story. Yes. It is a huge setup for what I presume is going to play out over probably the next year worth of, of Torchwood comics. And I don't think they set it up very well. I really kind of get the impression that the novel was more of the, at least character-wise. Yes. And, and circumstance-wise, maybe not this particular sequence of events. But there was so much more in the novel that I'm clueless on that I feel very unprepared going forward. But there's also a lot of some of the action scenes I felt were maybe a little jarring. And they were a little hard to follow, too. If, yeah. If, if this was a live action thing, it'd be an editing problem. Yeah, and I don't know if some of that, because other comics I've had the same issue with, but that's more because it's a digital format that we're reading it in, and that if it was a physical paper version, I wouldn't have as much trouble following. So, because so I, I don't I know how much of it is that and how much of it is the layout. Obviously, some of the splash pages, when it's meant to be a, a gatefold yeah. or two-page read this way yeah. versus read this part, and then, oh, okay, you kind of have to reassemble it in your head. But even then, some of the, some of the action where Jack leaps off the boat onto one of the ninja jet skis, which would have been a sequence right out of a Bond film, except the ninja jet skis were dropping out of a UFO. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Torchwood. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> so, uh, so some of the fight sequence I felt was just disjointed. It just, well, how did he get from here to here to back on the thing? And then when... The, did the boat actually submerge to get away from them? And then, yeah. then they engaged the cloaking device, which didn't do what I thought it did, although it does. But it was <laughs> tied in with a warp drive, which doesn't do what I think it does, but it does. There, there was a lot of little things that I wanted. And again, maybe this is all in the novel. Yeah. But then Who knows I, what we learned about this boat from that. And, and if it is, then I feel like, well, i got to come down on the failings of you didn't explain it properly. If it's not in the novel... I definitely come down on the face. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, th- so there's those elements to it. The overall plot is not bad because we've got really kind of two separate elements going on. We've got the mystery of Lady, what's her name? The guy that died. And the guy that died. Yeah. And then Captain John coming back. Yes. And his kind of tie-in to, to where things were going. Neither uh, Torchwood itself is not aware that these events wind up being connected. Right. Uh, or in, for most of the comic, that the first half is going on. <laughs> they don't even get the <laughs> telegram until later. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that maybe it'll make more sense once we get the full... I keep trying to rationalize it like if I had watched the first four episodes of Miracle Day and right. stopped. How could I review that? So That's kind of how, that is kind of how it feels. Um, that being said, I, I enjoyed the new characters. Uh the characters are great. Especially and the, right. the, yeah, the, the AI lady is fantastic. And and the location and character bio, the little piece yes. that we get, is wonderful. That's fantastic. I I'm, hope I'm, that's I'm a sure that's that supposed around. to and remind us who these people are. But I guess I need more than a reminder. Yeah. Well, it'd be it'd be great if it if it was a reminder instead of a oh I'm being introduced to this person for the for the first yeah. time. Well, and and thinking about that bit more it could have easily been fixed by a, like a couple of pages i know it would have been a halt of the action but once gwen shows up hey you remember so and so blah 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 and or bring reese in and something i don't know there's something could have been done 
Reese would have been an interesting addition because then he would have been the substitute audience member. Yeah. He, he would have been the Doctor Who companion. He would have been the person that we had to explain everything to. Because the crew of the Ice Maiden, they've definitely been together for a while. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that the captain is an AI, everybody has a role and everybody seems to be filling their roles and they've worked together. Well, the captain wasn't an actual AI, right? I just thought it was a captain. Oh, okay. Which is yeah. what I one of the things I really enjoyed about it. The AI was in charge. <laughs> it thought he was. It was in charge. <laughs> Whether the captain wanted to go along with that or not, you know. <laughs> but um, they've obviously worked together as a group long enough. Yes. That they were able to speak in shorthand, which is great. Unless you're on the outside looking in on that shorthand, and then you're kind of left out of the loop because yeah. you're, you're you're missing big chunks of the puzzle so if you'd had reese there and he would have been awkwardly tagging along at this point because i don't imagine reese was going to be able to fight off a ninja dropped off on a ufo on a speedboat <laughs> but it would have been cool to have that or the mystery woman the, the stowaway yeah rescuee whatever she is that she could have been and she was already there so it would have been a perfect vessel Without having to try to rework the story. Except it's then revealed that they, Torchwood at least, suspects that she's in on it somehow. Oh, that's true. So now you've taken that character out of her hands. Yeah, but she still could have played dumb. And yeah. and that would have worked to her undercoverness more. So I, I, don't, I don't know. But then would it maybe have undermined Torchwood's coolness? Uh, that they got duped for so long and gave it, I don't know. Yeah, I could see that going either way. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the callbacks, um, specifically going back to House Torchwood. Yes. The Torchwood House. Yeah, that was telescope. nice. Um, I thought it was very cool. Um, Jack, I thought, was wonderfully written and very on point. I thought he felt like Jack, which, of course, you know, it's Barman. It should. <laughs> it should. Gwen was a little backseat because yeah. she wasn't given much to do, and then when she did show up... Jack really kept her in the dark. Uh, inappropriately, I kind of felt that he, he was, in order for the comic to unfold the way that comic needed to, he kept her in the dark so the audience was in the dark. Yeah. Up until the, we need your womb because you've been pregnant and you're the only one that can operate the telescope. Because they dropped that womb thing way earlier on of, yeah. we need your womb. What? Which coming from Harkness is, you know... <laughs> Yeah, which at this point in their relationship, they, you wouldn't think he would be trying to keep these yeah. things secret. Because in looking a little bit at Exodus Code, it is set post-Miracle Day, definitely, because Rex is in it. So this is set post-Miracle Day. And so you would think at this point their relationship would be so so tight. I guess the time apart, maybe? I don't know. I'm just trying to rationalize it in my head of why. Maybe there's why. something else that's happened to Jack. Maybe the events of conspiracy when he's on his own have... Well... I don't know when conspiracy set, but... That's kind of nebulous, <laughs> too, so... Because <laughs> that sounded like it was set when the whole team was still around. Yeah, that's kind of what I got out of it. Okay. I said, it's not, it's not all bad. I look forward to seeing where the series goes and hopefully tying everything a little bit together more than... Maybe that's a better way to look at it. Yeah, it's it's. it's, I can't offer a complete review on it until I read the rest of it. Yeah, and um, in my mind, that also is going to include the book. I'm going to have to go back and figure out a way that we can put that on the schedule so that we can 
tackle these things properly. <laughs> yeah. So we may have jumped the gun just a little bit trying to work this in. And ironically, we specifically did Torchwood because Glenn wasn't going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't tend to enjoy Torchwood. And, and he, he loved this, it. He writes this wonderful feedback about how much he loved it. It did have some really great action. If And it was a really quick read. It was it, a quick it read. It flew through the pages. Yeah, and like I said, I don't disagree with you. I think uh, uh, John and Carol are, are perfect to be able to put this together because they, they have the chops, both from his standpoint of being yeah. Jack and her standpoint of being the, the established writer, of being able to craft this story and do it well. I just wonder maybe if this was the plan next novel. Oh, and then they And so that's, took it, it became and... an adaption for comic book. That could be... And so certain things had to be sacrificed because you're telling a story visually versus one that you would read. I I wonder if that's maybe... That's possible. It would make sense. If that's the case, the inclusion of Captain John, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's he's the master for all intents and purposes for (laughs) Captain Jack. He's (laughs) he's kind of the arch nemesis. If this is the second story, book-wise, it seems odd that you'd pull him out in, in episode two. If this is the first story, comic-wise, it seems odd that he'd show up immediately. I mean, you want to open with a bang, but he, he feels like but a his... character that should be reserved for the finale. Well, yeah, and his being brought in didn't feel that epic, like it should have That been. was the other thing, is as soon yeah. as he shows up, I went, oh. And then he's really regulated a second banana pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. So, and maybe, again, maybe this will all play out. We've got a lot more comics that are that are coming. We've got at least eight more comics. <laughs> I don't know if it got a season four yet, but... So, to be continued in, uh, what is it, Station Zero? Yes, Station Zero. We will retreat and regroup and try and figure out a way that we can uh, get back to this story faster than I think we initially had planned on. Because we were I expecting we could... it to be more of a standalone. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we'll be able to do this with some uh, with some of the audios and... Let's move on to the conspiracy. Let's talk about the conspiracy. Captain Jack Harkness has always had his suspicions about the committee, and now Wilson is also talking about the committee. Apparently, the world is really under the control of alien lizards. That's what Wilson says. People have died. Disasters have been staged. The suspicious have disappeared. It's outrageous. Only Jack knows that Wilson is right. The committee has arrived. Bum, bum. Bum. This is such a good start to the big finish Torchwood line. In many ways. It feels like vintage Torchwood. Yes. It's very much, and I, again, I don't know for specifically when that's set. 2008, according to TARDIS Wikia. Which is when in, Tard- in uh, Torchwood In Torchwood timeline. time? I don't know. In Torchwood timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know when it's a set. But it's... Uh, this is set around uh, the British election. Of John of Harold Saxon, so, so that happened in two thousand eight, season one. Then. It's season one because Saxon's already been an established PM for at least a year before he's outed, right? I believe that's right. Okay, it's been so long. It's been so long since I watched Sound of Drums. I don't remember. Well, at any point, it's it's sometime around the first season of Torchwood, right? But it it, it sounds like vintage Torchwood. Yeah, feels it, like it one really of those vintage Torchwood stories, but it feels like one of the good ones you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it does this really cool thing because this is the beginning of this overarching plot 
with uh, the committee, that sets itself up for one of the later Torchwood stories, like Children of Earth or Miracle Day, that's got the long arc, but you're only getting a piece of it right now. Yes. And it, it just it's, it's a perfect marriage between the two different kind of storytelling formats, which I really appreciate. Now, obviously, the next one, I'm assuming, is just going to kind of probably pick up right where it's so... Not quite. Oh, is it not? It, it's... So, th- having gone ahead and listened to most of the season one until some of my uh, my iPod wouldn't cooperate, um, it jumps around time-wise. So, I think this is kind of the kickoff. So, I think this is fairly early in season one of Torchwood because later it's the next issue, or next issue, the next audio is Yanto in an airplane spaceship type thing crashing down to earth. And it's just him and this woman on the phone. And it is phenomenal. It is one of the best audios I've heard, especially of the Torchwood ones, but it's him trying to investigate the committee on his own. And then later we get a Yvonne Hartman story who obviously would be dead by the time Jack started. So it, so it kind of jumps around and you slowly put the, put the pieces of the committee together. Now how it resolves, I don't know because I didn't get that far. Okay. But this is definitely at least gets the, the groundwork of what you need to know about the committee. And I think it starts at least, well, Jack even mentions in this that he's aware of the committee for a while. Yeah. So I think it just kind of, more of the best vessel to get the listener in on what's going on with the committee. It's one of the background stuff that Torchbid's been doing off screen all the time. <laughs> and it's a really great, I mean, the committee in and of itself is a really great villain. Mm-hmm. It ranks up there, you know, all those conspiracy theories that the Illuminati and the, the, the puppet masters, the people that are behind the scenes pulling the strings of the politicians and the, you know, the power behind the throne. That's that's conspiracy 101. Oh, yeah. And that, it's so there. fitting for Torchwood to investigate. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't do... Well, it's, it feels like... I don't know if they wind up will, doing this, but it feels like the people behind Miracle Day. Right. It feels like that sort of thing, of, which I really appreciated Miracle Day, but they just didn't deliver there so i'm i'm kind of hoping that if they do tie it together they fix the issue maybe we maybe we find out that the committee is some of the families that, yeah that yeah to, yeah that would be a cool a cool tie-in and a great way to bring the story from to kind of connect for vintage torchwood to miracle day torchwood to post miracle day right torchwood. that would right. be a really great thread to run that through yeah so I'm pretty sure all of these, at least all the ones I listened to, were set before Miracle Day for sure. Before Children of Earth most of the time, too. I think Glenn's really excited about this, specifically because of John Barman and his portrayal of Jack. Jack in this feels more like Doctor Who Jack. A little bit. Than necessarily Torchwood Jack. He's still Torchwood Jack. Helps that it's early Torchwood Jack. <laughs> in a way, yeah. Because he's also... Since he's on his own, he doesn't necessarily have the weight of the team responsibility. That's true. And so he's a little freer with how he uh, reacts to things. Maybe I've just been away from from Captain Jack for a while, (laughs) because I I really enjoyed it. But it was was just a joy to listen to. It was a lot of fun. And a a quick listen. Oh, yeah. It it, it kind of breezed through it and then was done. I was like, that's it. I want more. So... (laughs) It's such a good story, and it's got such engaging supporting characters. Wilson is 
so unlikable at first, but then you kind of grow to like him and feel bad for him, and and kind of real once you really realize what's been going on, you you really sympathize with the guy. You do, yeah. He's got a great arc. And same with uh, the guy who gets killed. He's he's a great little. I don't want to. Maybe a little is not right, but a nice little side character to help spur things along that makes gives a face to the group of conspiracy nutters, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And in a shocking twist, the fact that he's killed off. Yes. Obviously, spoilers. <laughs> I feel like... We, Once we get to our reviews, it's going to be a spoiler filled. Yeah, review. I kind of feel if, if, if you're specify. new to the program, you know this is kind of how it works. So I don't feel like we necessarily have to sound the spoiler horn, but yeah, we're 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 discussing it. Um, unless we tell you it's a spoiler free review, it's fair game. Yeah, but he could have been that character. Mm-hmm. He could have been the one that's doggedly hunting. To, he could have been the uh, oh, who was the reporter from the Incredible Hulk that kept trying to. Oh yeah, he could have been that guy. Yeah, which is almost what, what I expected. He was he was going to be the one that was just dogging Jack, and on the verge of discovering Torchwood. Although, as he pointed out, you zoom around in the black SUV, <laughs> with the, you know, pointing out the the tongue and cheek bits of this were also great. Yeah, they were, but then he didn't. They killed him off. Yeah, like almost immediately, and it was like, oh well, we're not going to get that. And the fact that that was the inciting incident, and I the the scene of. Him of Jack in Wilson's hotel room with the gun, yeah. trying to get the truth, and then figuring out that oh wait, he's been making this up is such a great scene. It is, and so well performed by John Barrowman. Very much so. It, 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 he brings, while he's had the lightness and the old the Doctor Who Captain Jack, he then was able to deftly bring in the later Torchwood Captain Jack that we know to show it's not a big disparaging between the two. And the nice subtle hints, or not so not so subtle, the the background story of you know this alien race that he misdirected, yes, and that he thought he was doing the right thing, but it came back to haunt him. It borders on that darkness that that we've seen in Jack. Well, children of Earth, Earth, yeah. Uh, that he he's kind of just muddling through as best he can, and like most of us, he makes decisions that are based in you know the reality of the moment and i thought this was the right move at the time and then it's only later when the ramifications of those things come up and we haven't fully got to that yet no but i think we will i think we will explore specifically what the ramifications were because i think he already knows i think he's already been hit up with it once and i don't think it's the fact that they're on earth now no i think there's something else there. i think there's something else darker um, and so I'm, I'm really intrigued to find out more about that too. Yeah. Uh, the format I also really appreciated. The, the, it's a very clever way to give us a small cast and a nice in-story explanation of why there was narration. Mm-hmm. Cause you needed that to fill those gaps of what's been going on and listening, having listened for further, the fact that they change that's not the format for everything. So the next one is Yanto and a, a woman on the phone. So it's mostly them talking to each other or Yanto talking to himself. It's not necessarily a, and then I did this and blah, blah, blah. Right. Which even with the companion chronicles, this felt a little out of place until you got to the very end and it re- was revealed 
he was leaving a message. That I really appreciated that. Yeah, and it was um, it was also a wonderful reminder <laughs> that we're in the Torchwood universe. So, while certain bits and bobs were bleeped, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they said it at all, yeah, was just like, yes, this is post watershed. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that too. Yeah, and the reveal of. Kate. I'm kind of torn on Kate because when, when she first arrived, I was like, oh, Kate's cool. I like her. And the more she talked, the more robotic she sounded. And I think it was just, I don't know, maybe poor delivery by the actress, mm. maybe. She, I just The more I was exposed to her, the less impressed I got with her as a character and as an actress. And then the reveal happened that she's actually a member of the... Uh, you know, the committee and the, the upper power, and she's been purposely feeding misinformation or true information, as the case may be. We still <laughs> yeah. don't know, uh, to Wilson because it suits their purposes. And she's not the gloating Bond villain monologuing. She's really just kind of tired of the whole proceeding. Yeah, it's, it's, she comes a, across like she's just fed up with being Wilson's daughter and just wants to her next assignment. Yeah, she's just bored. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm so over this and done with it. And I think I maybe would have liked a little more panache. Oh, you know. Just, See, I, just I to like give the that fact that a little more weight. The but. end of it, she is just done and is so tired and is just well, it's it's out. So I don't have to put up the charade anymore. I'm tired. I'm done. It's. Does this go? Yeah, I deserved an Academy Award for my performance. You know, you're not even my real parent. <laughs> and it's like, you're not earning it now. That's for sure. <laughs> and then, blam! <laughs> yeah. Whoa! <laughs> so that was surprising. Yes. But then I, I I wanted a little more, I don't know, I wanted a little more emotional hook for that we, that she just killed her, her, her pseudo-dad. And I think that was the idea, the fact that there wasn't any emotional yeah, hook that there, that blunt. it was just cold and calculated, and that's point, what the committee you know, is. She, she may come across as a robot later. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it would, yeah. I won't be surprised. Let me put it that uh, way. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, that's that's my probably only complaint with it, was everything else was great. It was so much fun to listen to and kind of fall back into the shadowy world of Torchwood. Yeah. And to have Captain Jack Harkness as our guide. You know, it was just a lot of fun. <laughs> it was. I I really enjoyed all of the Torchwoods I've listened to so far. So We've got this, me excited for more coming up. So I think between this and the comics, we have at least three more podcasts we can do about uh, Torchwood. Anything else we want to talk about the committee? The conspiracy? Or the conspiracy? <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right. Uh, well, what's coming up on the schedule, thank you. Sean? I, needed the, <laughs> I have it pulled up here. I'm staring at it. I needed the audio cue I, to be able to I get had to think it. of what comes next. <laughs> this is why we can't let Glenn go. Yeah, we need him to... <laughs> keep us on task. We need him to drive. <laughs> um, all right, so coming up next week on the podcast, our big uh, Epiversary 375. Ooh. Lost in time. We're going to be lost in time? We're going to get lost in time. Hopefully we'll find something while we're there. <laughs> uh, we're going to do the Highlanders, the classic uh, Patrick Troughton first appearance of Jamie McCrimmon, Fraser Hines. Patrick Troughton's second story. 
So hot on the heels of Power of the Daleks. Yes. Which I imagine you've probably already rewatched all six. No, no. I, I didn't get around to that. <laughs> but um, we're going to do the full blown. Uh, uh, lost in time experience if you will we're going to do the recon and then we'll also be doing the novelization of the highlanders uh to kind of you know put that complete story together and uh we'll be discussing that um that will take us out of march and then into april um we will (laughs) theoretically finally finish off the virus strand (laughs) story arc from big finish with mainline story 102 the mind's eye mission of the virons um, and we'll talk about that strand arc as a whole and find out if it is actually an arc. Or a theme. Or a theme. <laughs> or a they lied to or, us. <laughs> or an interesting connection that someone made that wasn't intentional. Yeah. <laughs> Darn you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Connecting dots that aren't there. And then the following week, we dip our toe back into the uh, Brigverse with uh, Lethbridge Stewart, A Very Private Haunting by Sharon Bidwell. And uh, we'll give our thoughts on that. Yeah. I know I'm excited to read that one. Yes, so. absolutely. And, uh, of course, the rest of the schedule is posted on our website. Awesome. Well, while you're on our website filling out feedback and looking at the uh, schedule, why don't you click on the Patreon button and uh, give us some money? We'd appreciate it. All Every penny goes back into the podcast. Every single one of them. And we very much appreciate all of our... Uh, devoted uh, Patreon subscribers already. If you are a subscriber, thank you. Yes, thank you very much. I don't much. feel like we say that enough. And when we do, I don't think I we could it, ever say it enough. We could, yeah. It, it literally, it's because of you we're still on the air. Absolutely. Doing this because, well, we can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also, uh, you can buy some Traveling the Vortex merch on our website. Uh, go to our Spreadshirt link and get, a, get yourself a T-shirt. Or a coffee mug. I don't know if we have coffee mugs, but we should. We should have coffee. I think there are coffee mugs. I'm pretty sure there are. If not, the t-shirts are, you know, the envy of your office. Yes, absolutely. Because people are like, dude, where'd you get that cool t-shirt? And you'll sit back and go, travelthevortex.com. <laughs> and of course, we're also on any form of social media if you want to reach out to us. Well, is that going to do it for this week? I think that'll do it for this week. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Glenn is still on holiday. He is. That drew me. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Let's celebrate. We're gonna have a good time tonight. Let's celebrate.